The following paid program is owned and produced by Michael Villa. All opinions expressed by the host or guests are their own and are not endorsed by radio station KKGK 1340 AM, 98.9 FM Management, Lotus Broadcasting, The Network, or any of its advertisers. How hot is hot? Fanboy. 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 Fanboy Sports. Local and national sports from a fan's perspective. It's time now for the Fanboy Sports Show with your host, Mikey V, on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Here we are at the Fanboy Sports Show with Mikey V, Mike Villa Jr., and I have a special guest, actually a special co-host, and that is Miss Dana Roselli. Oh my gosh, she's in the house. Behold a lady. Thanks for having me. I love that you have this show. Congratulations. Well, thank you. You know, I'm a little bit of a newbie, but uh, I feel like I'm uh, getting my, my sea legs with this whole thing. Listen, I followed you on social media for so many years. You definitely love your sports. And likewise. Yeah. <laughs> and yes. And, you know, we were talking about it and, hey, should Dana do sports? Heck yeah. <laughs> but I just have to say, you are comfort food. Okay. You're comfort food. And what that means is when we turn on the radio, or the radio we turn on the television and watch our anchors mm-hmm. and our news, you're comfort food. Oh. Especially for me because I grew up here, right? Everybody knows that. Mm-hmm. Not everybody, but I grew up here. So my comfort food was always like when I was a kid, it was Gwen, Gwen Castaldi uh-huh. and Paula Francis. Oh, yeah. Gary Waddell and Dave Cravassier <laughs> and Ricky Cheese. So, you know, as we went along, that was it was you yeah you came along you came here and and i I just loved it uh yeah i came in 2004 um just saw paula francis by the way at sherry swensk's wedding paula's doing great now since she's retired yeah um but yeah i came in 2004 and took a helicopter reporting job so people thought i was crazy like well you're gonna go fly around in the helicopter and i'm like yeah i just want to like go over scenes and report news and ad lib so i did that for like two and a half years moved up to traffic anchor then morning anchor and then did a show um, on the radio for two years and then went to Channel 13 for four years after that. In 2019, started my own business. So I've been here a long time and I love it. Yes, you are a Las Vegan. Yeah. Love it. Now I am officially a Las Vegan, I think. Yes, you are. <laughs> so I saw on Twitter that your godson mm-hmm. uh, just got a position as the manager at Syracuse Basketball. Oh, he's one of the team managers. So they, they pick a bunch of students. Yes. to work with the team and you know i can only imagine and he could only imagine that there were dozens and dozens of people that wanted one of these positions oh, yeah. and i think they were only filling like four spots they do have a lot of team managers and the students do it so yeah he applied and interviewed and got the job he's stoked um so excited you know he played basketball in high school but when he went to syracuse he was like i'm not even gonna bother you know he's like i had syracuse you know trying out or anything like but he just loved being around it he's followed Syracuse basketball um, his whole life and so when he applied and got the job he's just just so ecstatic I mean this is a dream come true for him so he'll be out there on the court with the team practices games and 
and and he's thrilled. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, congratulations to him. Thank you. Syracuse is a huge program. That's a, that's huge. a big deal. It really is. I mean, you know, Syracuse basketball is like, you know, the holy, like, <laughs> growl over there, you know? And so, I mean, uh, to be there, I mean, even just to go to games, he's loving Syracuse University, um, the camaraderie with everyone that goes there and how they get behind the teams. You know, they're known for obviously excelling to the top and, and being a fun, you know, school to follow. So he loves it, um, loves basketball, and this is just something that, you know, he's, he's going to be super excited to do, and, and I'm proud of him. Nice. Yeah. And so you're from New York originally? Yes, Rochester. So Rochester. that's about an hour from Syracuse. Okay. So it's kind of like Buffalo, then an hour away from that is Sy- uh, Rochester. Yep, then an hour from that, Syracuse. We're all, like, sitting along the, the Great Lakes. Okay, okay. Up north. So then what was your earliest recollection of, like, sports memories? Well, do you mean, like, professional sports or sports? Any, like, oh. for, well, like for me. For instance, it's the Runner Rebels, right? Yep. When I was in the second grade, I went to Myrtle Tate Elementary School, mm-hmm. right? And when I was in the second grade, they would put my class, I was, I had Mrs. Farmer for the second grade, <laughs> and they would put Mrs. Farmer and Mrs. Beck's classes together when the Rebels were going through their 1987, yes, I'm dating myself, the 1987, uh, their run, 86-87, they went to the Final Four that year, but they would bring our classes together, and we would sing to the record of George Dare's Runner Rebel Fever. Wow. It would bring our classes together and we would sing. <laughs> so besides like the Super Bowl that my dad would watch, you know, when I was little and whatnot, my first introduction really to sports was the Rebels run, run that year. Right. So I'm wondering, uh, I mean, you know, I'm athletic and all that stuff. Sports comes naturally to me. But for you, like what was your first recollection like when in New York or something like well, sports is kind of like in the in the circumference of where I'm seeing. Right. Well, uh, obviously, when I was younger, my brother, about a year and a half older than me, he played baseball. So going to his baseball games and then his love for baseball. And so we would go to, you know, because we were in Rochester, New York, we didn't have a we only had like the triple A teams and stuff like that. We'd have to go to Buffalo to right. see, you know, a Buffalo Sabres or a Buffalo Bills. So we didn't do that much, but the Rochester Red Wings and the Rochester Amherst for hockey, mm. Red Wings baseball, um, we would go to those games. And so it was exciting because I think the Red Wings were the Baltimore kind of farm team. Yeah. And my brother's favorite player uh, was, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name. Oh my God. Uh, player X. Player X. Anyway, <laughs> so we would go to the Red Wings games, and it was always exciting um, to see see them. And sometimes, you know, some of the players from Baltimore would come. So, anyway, those kinds of games, more like Triple A games, were what I was introduced to. As far as to me, it was professional. It was a big deal, you know, and it is professional. But um, and just loved doing that. And then as I got a little bit older and went to Fredonia for college, okay. um, the Bills would have their summer camp there. So it would be Buffalo Bills summer camp and uh, started going to games with people. We would take the weekend trip, you know, hey, let's go to a Buffalo game and stuff like that and freeze in the cold. And and then as I got into my professional career, I was working in a town called Jamestown, New York, which was outside of Buffalo. And when they needed some extra hands for sports, they would send me. So I would be in the press box for the Bills games. And I would do, yeah, and I would do the, um, so the guys would go, we had two guys with me, they would go to the locker room and I would always do the post quarterback press conference. And and at the time it was Doug Flutie. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love Doug Flutie. Me too. Yeah. 
So, um, so that, that was that. And then when I was working in Rochester, sometimes they'd send us if they'd announce a new coach or things like that. So, I mean, you know, dabbled in a lot of covering of, of professional sports, but mostly when it comes to sports memories growing up, it would definitely be, you know, the Rochester Red Wings. We'd go to the games. Okay. So the Bills, ironically enough, I have family in Buffalo and this is going to sound terrible, mm-hmm. but. I haven't ever been to Buffalo, but well, I have family there. Yeah, it's okay. But my brother, my younger brother, is a huge Bills fan, and so we've been watching NFL football since we were probably about nine, ten years old, mm-hmm. hardcore, and that's where I started my Raider fandom. But I'm very in tune with Buffalo and the Bills and the Buffalo Bills and what they do and, and their record and all their the four falls of Buffalo and them losing in the Super Bowl and all that mm-hmm. on the Flutie and, you know, the Music City Miracle and all that stuff. So now they're on top again, and we're crossing our fingers that uh, maybe they'll make a Super Bowl run. I mean, excuse me, uh, not over the Raiders, of course. Of course not. But uh, I mean, that's the thing. It's like I grew up, you know, living near the Bills and covering the Bills and all that. But, you know, they kind of did Doug Flutie wrong. So I've kind of – it's hard for me to warm up to the Bills these days, I'll be honest. Oh, well, they gave him a shot. <laughs> they gave him a shot, but then they scaled him, and he did a great job. How about when he threw that Hail Mary? Yeah, I know it. And then, I know it in oh, Boston College. Oh, yeah. That's great. It and was. then he did one of those plays in, in one of the games. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. So I like the Bills. I'm rooting for, you know – I'm rooting for them to do well, but yes, not, but I'm still, I don't, I would prefer the Raiders to take it all the way. Well, of course I would too. (laughs) But it's not looking so good. We'll see what happens. It was such a good preseason. What happened? Explain that to me. I can. Okay. I've been watching this team long enough. So in 2006, the Raiders went four and one. There were, I believe, five preseason games back then. They went four and one, and then they proceeded to go two and 14 in the regular season. So preseason means nothing. Yeah. But I think what's hurting them a little bit is the fact that they didn't take a snap the first team. Uh, the offense, they didn't take a snap in the preseason this year. So that their timing is like coming back slowly and they're trying to figure it out. New coach, mm-hmm. uh, new staff, everything, new players in certain places. So, yeah, they're going through it a little bit again. <sighs> but um, I was hoping. I was hoping. <laughs> yeah. And in, in, in you might find this interesting and I don't know if you know this, but um, I – own a media company with my business partner, Sean McAllister, and we do video projects and on-camera stuff. But the Raiders actually gave us a shot and hired us to do some of their community stories. Yeah. And um, so we've worked with um, a lot of the players on when they're out in the community. So we go out, we, you know, if they are doing something, we shoot it, we put together a story, it goes online, goes in the, the weekend show. And so I've had the pleasure, and people people will say, oh, all of a sudden you're a Raiders fan now? And I'm like, listen, any team that's going to be in the city that I live in, I'm going to support. But then I started working and doing some stories with the players and the entire organization, and they've been so incredible. You know, we did a story with Daniel Carlson. We did a story with Dan- Darren Waller. So, like, it's been amazing to see them in action and see them interacting with the community, yes. which I can tell they really enjoy. And they were telling us how that. How could they not? I mean, They're how could you not? Baby. I know. Everything comes here. Everything comes here. And they get to pick. They also get to pick what organization, what things they want to do when it comes to community work. So mm-hmm. I love that. You know, it's like uh, for Daniel Carlson, it, it was candlelighters, teenagers that had cancer. And for Darren Waller, he went to a hip hop class that, you know, the um, Metro Police Foundation puts on. So like it was, it was really good. So anyway, getting to warm up to those guys, I'm like, I'm, now I'm a big big cheerleader because I want them all to do so well. Yes. And so anyway. Yeah. (laughs) Ironically, that's the same uh, chant. Very similar to Rebel. 
Right, it is. <laughs> and they're doing good. High, high scoring games. Yes, yes. Yeah. That is huge. That's college football, mm -hmm. right? High scores, that's what yep. you want. Okay. So their offense is, is clicking. Go Rebels. All right. Go Rebels. Go Rebels. So we are going to take a break and be right back with the Fanboy Sports Show on Fox Sports Radio here with Dana Roselli. We'll be back. The real estate market in Southern Nevada has changed. Rates are up and prices are going down. If now is the time for you to buy or sell a home or property in Southern Nevada, seek the realtor who was born and raised in Las Vegas that possesses the necessary skill to help you navigate through complicated market conditions. Select Michael Villa with King Realty Group. As a Rancho High and UNLV graduate, Michael takes tremendous pride in serving his community. With nearly two decades of experience, hundreds of homes sold, and a pension for delivering superb customer service, Michael will get the job done quickly and seamlessly while leaving a smile on your face. Visit CashOutMyVilla.com or call 702-219-3178 for a consultation. Count on your real estate sensei, Michael Villa, to help achieve all your real estate goals and make your real estate dreams come true. When it's time, remember to make your move with Michael Villa. Call 702-219-3178 for a consultation. Nevada Real Estate License Number S0065507. Hey, hold up, come on, whoa. Perspective. It's a fanboy sports show with your host, Mikey B, on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Yo, 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 we're back. Fanboy Sports, Mikey B, here with Dana Roselli. All right, so going back to the Rochester Amherst. Yep. The uh, hockey team that you watched back at home. What is an Amerk? I know we were we were like I was like uh, I think it's American. Yeah, so they're the Rochester Americans, and uh -huh. I guess the short that everyone calls them is the Amerks. Like even if you even their website is like you know Amerks.com. So I mean we call them the Amerks, but the long is Rochester Americans, and they're you know a professional team that is in the American Hockey League, and so they're owned and operated and. If, um, by the Buffalo Sabres. So affiliated with the Buffalo Sabres. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So it's kind of like the Sabres farm team. Nice. That's like the Henderson Knights and yep. the Golden Knights. Exactly. I get it. Yeah. Right. yeah. So it was kind of cool because you'd get to see some players that would pop into, you know, Sabres games and stuff like that and go back and forth. So, yeah. Grew up going to some of their games, not tons. It was funny. A lot of my high school friends that were guys played hockey pretty seriously in high school. So it was more even their games that I really kind of got into hockey. Oh. Watching them play high school hockey. Nice. Mm -hmm. And okay. they had like, you know, leagues and stuff like that outside of the actual school. Gotcha. Gotcha. So then it was a kind of a natural fit then when <laughs> the Knights popped up over here in Vegas, the Vegas Golden Knights, which I was like upset at, uh, about at first. Did mm. chop in the loss. What, what, what are you doing? This is Las Vegas. Say Vegas. So true. I felt the same way. <laughs> That's weird. You know why? Because growing up anchoring the news, especially when I was at Channel 8, the experienced anchors and the people who manage the news always told us it's never Vegas. It's always Las Vegas. Right. Don't ever call it Vegas. Not on the news. Not on TV. It is Las Vegas. I was such a purist, though, because mm. that was our first major league team. And mm. I'm like, how are you going to just cut the name in half? <laughs> I, was, I was actually a little bit livid. But... He knew what he was doing. Yep. It, you know, we've got great nicknames, VGK, True. You know, Vegas, and 
you know, tie it all the way back into the Runner Rebels whenever, you know, they were on television nationally and doing their thing and in front of everybody. They were always referred to as Vegas. Mm-hmm. So it works. I'm, I'm all in with that. So, I mean, what is your best memory? Like, tell me about the uh, when they made the finals, the Stanley Cup finals. How was it for you with that? I mean, exciting. That was the first year, right? Gosh, how many years? Yeah. Since was, 2017 like five, now. six years ago. Oh, my gosh. How was it for me? You know what was great? Um, as I happened to go to a show at the Palms, and when we, was it the, I think it was the next day, which was sad that they were out of the playoffs. Right. Um, they were all there. They were all at the show. Okay. And uh, we walked up to the ghost bar and uh, went up the elevator with Nate Schmidt. I met uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. So, like, they were all there and went upstairs to kind of celebrate. Nice. And, so, and it was the day after. So, we were so sad. But then we were like, oh, like, look, we get to see them all. And I could see that, you know, they were having fun and excited, you know, that they did so well during the season. But my my memory would be the post the day after. <laughs> because I got to meet them all in person in a casual setting. Right. So we were up at the ghost bar um, at the Palms and they kind of went to celebrate, you know, some had girlfriends and wives there and families and everything like that. So, and I'm trying to think about what show I was at. It was at the Pearl at the Palms and I'm blanking even on what it was. It was a rock, rock, rock show, concert. I think rock so. Show. Yeah. So anyway, they were all there and, and having a good time. I think they went to dinner before and then they went to the show and then they all went up to Ghost Bar. Did you get to hang out with them? I mean, a little bit. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Ah. Ooh. Go ahead. Go ahead. <coughs> I'm going to do a cough. It's all right. We can, all right. We can pause and stuff. Okay, it's great. Okay. <clears throat> do you so want I'll me say, to So just ask me that. Uh, it's all right. Okay. So okay. maybe just ask me that question again. Which one? Did you get to hang out with them? Because that oh. way it's a clean cut. Oh, okay. So did you get to hang out with them or anything? I mean, a little bit. We were all out on the patio, and it's not very big. Um, we were able to chat with, you know, Great Nate you, Nate Schmidt, who he was having a good time. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to ask you, what, what were they drinking? <laughs> well, I don't know. But we were laughing because the picture I have with Nate, like, he, he kind of has some spills on his shirt. And oh, we were hysterical. Wow. We're like, Nate, but he was just having a ball, you know. <laughs> and um, I don't know what they were drinking, but, you know, they were all out there and having a good time, and we were all on the patio, and, you know didn't want to like invade their space too much, but it was mostly as we were walking around. What I loved is that a lot of people did stop them when they were walking across the casino floor for pictures, for things like that. And they just obliged. I mean, they just weren't even, you know, annoyed in any sense of the word. They were just excited to have, I mean, it was like, you know, for me, like covering celebrities for so many years and Mm -hmm. red carpets and event, like they were celebrities people were shouting their name people were stopping them for selfies i mean they're celebrities are they became celebrities for our town what a time representatives what a time because now we didn't even make the playoffs last year i know what happened uh, well i know what happened but uh, 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 i mean uh, uh, we got a little can, can, we, thing, can we dish i mean we dish right now? just things change <laughs> let's put it that way and uh. Frustrated. Well, were you frustrated about all the movement with the team? I'm just curious, as like an avid sports fan, and you really get into the the play and the statistics. I watch, and I'm I'm gonna admit. I mean, I watch for fun Mm -hmm. and don't get as involved and all. But but, how did you feel? Well, hockey has been an education for me, so I didn't know really anything about the sport until the Knights got here. Barely anything at all. My knowledge has increased 100 percent. Well, I still get fooled on what was that? What call was that? What was this? Okay, I, do, I need interpretation. But I, of course, do have an opinion. 
And I think management messed up by not keeping the misfits together for more than one season. Okay. They took Perron out of there after the first season, and that messed it up. That messed things up, I believe. Mm-hmm. It was their one, because they were they just were tight-knit. They came together, to, you know, and, and went to the Stanley Cup Finals. But I believe if they kept those guys together, the whole crew, you know, maybe just added something here or there, uh, they, and kept them together for another at least two seasons and got to season four with the same crew, I think they would have won a Stanley Cup. Yeah. But they started mixing and matching and taking this guy out, taking that out, taking that guy out. And I think the death knell was getting, you know, Mark andre Fleury out of there because Vegas, that the vibe, the energy, he got the, I mean, the biggest roars from the crowd when they would introduce introduce the players by far. Yeah, I mean, it was a roar. It's like, ah, oh, it's amazing. Right, and when he returned to play exactly. on the opposite on, a, on the opposite team, Chicago, right, Blackhawks. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, when they were here, yeah. that was a what a moment. Oh my god! But I'm glad you feel that way because when I was kind of you know complaining a little online, mm-hmm. um, people were like, "Just get used to it. This is what sports is about. This is right. you know, it's it's, you can't cry over this stuff over trades and this and that." I'm like, I know, and I said, "But like, cut us a little bit of slack because there are a lot of players on the team that started when the team was born." And, you know, we did have a major tragedy here right around then, mm-hmm. um, which, and they really brought the community together. So I feel like we were a little bit more bonded to those people in a Absolutely. special way other than just sports. So I felt like it was hard. It was a hard, it was hard to let it go. Yes. And but. perhaps they should have gone away from the mold and thought about that before dishing and dealing those players mm-hmm. uh, because of those special circumstances. But yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah. I think, you know, I think they, we, we fare a little bit better with, with the original Misfits. They were just, yeah. they were tight, they were tight knit and they were fun to watch. It was good. Yes, it was. It was good. I mean, what do you think about this upcoming season? How are we looking? I, I, I can't even tell. Yeah. I don't know what we're going to get. We have great players, Yeah. you know, but are they going to mesh? Are they going to, team sports comes down to chemistry and ability and uh, good energy. Among other things, and I don't know. I don't know if these guys have that. You know, they have to find it and develop it, and develop it, and want to win for themselves and for the community. But I just know that our town, we love our players. We love them. Yes. We fall in love with our players. That's why a lot of those fans that were on with UNLV basketball and football, they have nothing to attach themselves to. They they left because that whole uh, formula went. They went away from it. Right. Myriad reasons, but yeah, you got to cater to your town. You know, that's what I think. And they brought people to the strip. I mean, you know, how many people said people that never go to the strip, you know, the people that live here, they don't go right. to the strip, yes. but look at these people are driving or busing or carpooling to T-Mobile arena regularly to yes. see these games. And I was like, everyone said it wouldn't happen. And look, it has become an event. And it's, it's like, really, it's driven the locals to the strip. It definitely driven this local to the street. Yeah, because that's, so, that's what happens with us. Right. We we uh, we get yeah. our clubbing in for a while, uh, and we're done with it. We're like, okay, I know. we're good. I know. And then we go exactly <laughs> hang back a little bit. But yes, that definitely brings us down there, which is a good thing. It very is. good thing. It is a good thing. So we had a huge deal that just happened. The Las Vegas Aces just won the championship, the WNBA championship. They're world champ, world champs. First major 
professional sports championship first, or I'm sorry, first parade. Yeah, first parade mm -hmm. since the Runner Rebels parade back in 1990, which is huge. You know, the Aces just had a little compartment of the strip. The Rebels had downtown and the entire strip before going to the Thomas and Mac for context. But what do you think about the Aces doing what they did? It's amazing. And I don't want to say it came out of nowhere. Cause, but like, I feel like, you know, everyone, like there's a lot of people that are constantly talking about, like you said, the Knights constantly, you know, making the playoffs year after year, this, that, but it's like, meanwhile, the Aces have been killing it and congratulations. I mean, it's the most exciting thing, I think for our city to show these, these, these women who have worked so hard. I remember interviewing Asia when she first came here, nice. she came on channel 13 and came into the studio she was excited to be here and then to see them, you know, thrive and excel and they just deserve this win. And I, I was, I'm happy to see also people supporting the games, the amount of people that have been at the games lately in this mm -hmm. year, I feel like the attendance has increased. I love that um, athletes, uh, male athletes are going to watch the games, yes. you know, people like Tom Brady went to a game. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's great. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Um, so can I ask you a question though? Yes. Cause I posted a couple things about it on social media and a couple questions that I keep getting and I don't know the answer to why world champions, why the world champions? Cause it's on, along the bus and I, and I saw Mark Davis say it too. And so people are like, well, what do you mean world champions? And it's people on TikTok and stuff who don't live here, but like, I don't get it. Like, what do you mean? That's a hell of a question. So but what I'm going to answer it. Okay. And you know what? The biggest stage for women's basketball in the world is the WNBA. Okay. So there's no league above that. Just like the NBA, mm -hmm. uh, NFL, uh, they have their own thing, but to answer your question, they're the tops in the world, right? The WNBA, they're on the biggest stage. So they get to be world champs. Same with the Lakers when they win the NBA championship, they're the world champions. So okay. that's my take. On okay. It. Yeah. I mean, you could get a hundred different mm -hmm. explanations, especially on Twitter about it, mm -hmm. but that's what I think. Okay. I was uh, curious. I want to answer these people. And I was like <laughs> researching it yesterday. I'm like, what, you know, what makes it the world? Or is it just, you know, just saying it, just kind of the excitement of it? Or is it really like a world champion title? I mean, you can argue, you know, oh, we got this league in, in wherever, yeah. you know, uh, South America or something, wherever that's, oh, that's the best competition. You'll never beat anybody there, you know, but what's on the biggest stage is the WNBA. That's the most known in the world. So yeah. for that fact, I would say they get the world champion okay. monikers and I mean, got it. Champions of the world. Yeah. I love it. I love it. It's got a ring to it. It does. It's great for Las Vegas. I mean, can you believe it? We have the Raiders, the golden Knights, the Las Vegas aces. We're getting the, the F one. Yes. Um, and we're getting this Super Bowl. I mean, who would have ever thought? And it's all happened in like a short period of time. I know Bugsy never thought of it when he no. started this place back in the forties and nineteen forties. He never had a clue about that. But uh, like I said, I've seen it my whole life, and it made it hard to leave because everything comes here: your championship UFC bouts, your big time boxing bouts. It all goes down in Vegas, baby. Yeah, it does. It all comes here. Yes. I recently did an interview with Dana White over at UFC headquarters, which was great. I never met Dana in person. Oh, so I interviewed him for a show called Vegas on that the LBCVA puts out okay. it's at visitlasvegas.com. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you want to go check out that interview, did a great sit down with him about UFC fight week and some of the places he loves to like, frequent in Vegas, some of his places, places that he loves to eat, gamble. 
Um, and we talked about, you know, just the excitement of UFC. And I was giving him some props saying, you know, you really kind of always saw Las Vegas as a sports town. And he yes. said, you know, I really did. I knew, I knew he saw there was it. more. Yeah. He had the vision. Of course he did. Though. Yeah. That's, that's what happened. You know, people with vision, they do big things. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> so like, you know, I just figured I'd throw that out. A little more sports for your sports talk show. Yeah. <laughs> I think you got something going with sports. You might need to get in that, that the realm a little bit. It's great. Oh my gosh. You know, a little, maybe add a little bit to a little ingredient to what you're doing. Yeah. We do talk about it. So I do have a podcast called Vegas Revealed. It's available on all podcasts. Um, platforms. Me and Sean McAllister host. We do it weekly, dedicated. Um, Apple, Spotify, iHeart, all that. Google, if you want to listen. It's all about kind of like Vegas entertainment, news, what we do each week, uh, new places we try, events we go to, shows we see, uh, talk a little bit about development and stuff. And then we've got two tips every week of two kind of secret tips, like people living in Vegas and going out in Vegas a lot. Some kind of secret tips that people might not know. We do two of those every week that people seem to love. So give it a listen. Heck yes. Well, Mikey V and the Fanboy Sports Show is going to fan on that one for <laughs> sure. Uh, I want to thank you for coming here and doing this. Come back anytime and okay. co-host, guest co-host with me. This is fantastic. That's all the time we have, but thanks for tuning in. I hope you guys enjoyed. Miss Dana Roselli, again, thank you very much. That's a wrap. That's a wrap. The preceding paid program is owned and produced by Michael Villa. All opinions expressed by the host or guests are their own and are not endorsed by radio station KKGK 1340 AM, 98.9 FM Management, Lotus Broadcasting, The Network, or any of its advertisers.